Well, good morning, good morning. Now, come on, first service. Good morning. I know second service is going to have more energy, right? So let's, let's go ahead and have a competition and see who can say good morning the loudest, okay? Hey, well, it's so good to be with you here. As Doug said, my name is Ryan Vandalin, and um, I am the executive director of Eastern Dominican Christian Mission. Yes, I am American, and I am from Virginia. I'm sorry I'm not from Kentucky, but I am from Virginia. But it is good to be here with you this morning, and before I get into the sermon this morning, I just need to say thank you. Um, on Friday, we had a, a golf fundraiser right over here at Pendleton Hills, and Plum Creek was a huge partner with us to help us raise money for a medical center that we're actually building in the Dominican Republic. And I want to say thank you um, to a, a few people. First of all, thank you to Plum Creek for helping us get this going. Thank you to the Bay family at Pendleton Hills um, and all the participants that came all the way from Louisville, Kentucky, came up to participate in our golf outing. And we want to say thank you. And we want to say thank you to Jared Perkins, who did a whole lot. If you don't mind, give Jared a round of applause. He did a lot of work for this. We thank you, Jared. Um, and the hospitality here with the Craigs right here, um, we've been staying, some of our team has been staying with the Craigs, and we just thank you so much for the T-bone steaks and the ribs that you cooked the other night. Unbelievable. Um, we were thinking maybe we could come back once a month. You know, that would be great, so... And above all, we do want to thank um, the Gabriella Smith family as we partnered with them um, doing this golf tournament in memory of Gabriella. Uh, Gabriella came down to the Dominican Republic and worked with us uh, several years ago, now six or seven years ago. And, and I remember her very clearly as, as she helped work with VBS um, and work with the children. And the Smith family partnered with us to raise money for this medical clinic because they said, and they told me that part of her testimony was that on her mission trip to the Dominican Republic with us, God really opened her eyes to global health, to how she could, use, use, how she could become a nurse or a doctor and go into impoverished countries and really make a difference and help connect them to Jesus. And so we partner with the Smith family. We thank you so much, uh, Smith family, for partnering with us. But we are Eastern Dominican Christian Mission. So what does that mean? Who are we? Well, we're a lot of different things. First and foremost, we exist to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ by making disciples and then forming those disciples into congregations. Our main goal is to make disciples of Jesus and to plant churches. We currently have five self-sufficient churches in the eastern part of the Dominican Republic, led by five different leaders, reaching two different languages every single week, all led by national leadership. During COVID, we've actually been planting our sixth church plant. And as you can imagine, just like here, the pandemic hit us in the Dominican Republic as well. And our timeline has been bumped back a little bit. And we've been doing Bible studies with people in a community called Brises del Mar. And we're hoping to open that sixth church plant by the end of the year. If COVID will participate and we can gather people together, we hope to open our sixth church plant in an area called Brises del Mar. We have a Bible seminary called E5, E5 Seminary. We have 35 students in our seminary studying God's Word on a deep level, preparing to be elders and deacons and leaders in the church, and many of them preparing to be our future church planters. We have a Christian school called the Punta Cana Christian School, where we where about 400 to 500 children in a very impoverished area now 
have the opportunity to get a good education and a Christian education every single day. We have a medical clinic. As I mentioned, we're raising money to expand this medical clinic as currently our medical clinic uses one of the offices, one of the one-room offices in our church building to run the medical clinic out of. We're trying to expand that so we can offer more services to the community. And right now, under construction at this very moment is a water filtration processing plant where we'll be able to reach somewhere around 100,000 people with good, clean drinking water. And Plum Creek, all of this ministry right here, a reason, one of the reasons that all of this ministry takes place is because of you. That you have partnered with our ministry for over 15 years. You've been partnering with us in the DR, and you guys are a part of every single picture that you have seen up here. Maybe you haven't come down on a trip, maybe you haven't been to the Dominican, but through your tithes and offerings, through your prayers, through coming to this church, you partner with us and you give us the opportunity to live and work in the Dominican Republic and you are making this happen. And I want you, if you don't mind, give yourselves a round of applause. We just say thank you. Thank you so much. But one of the greatest things about Eastern Dominican Christian Mission for me is our emphasis on national leadership. You see, my wife and I are the only Americans that are on staff um, that's not exactly true. Sorry, one of my Dominicans married an American. Sorry, Harold. You're getting ready to meet Harold. We're the only Americans on staff along with Harold now, along with Taylor. And we, all of our ministries in the DR, the school and the seminary and the churches, they're all run by national leaders, whether Dominican or Haitian. And we're really big on emphasizing national leadership. We, we use two words. We try to equip them and then empower them. You see, the great commission of Jesus Christ, what does it say? To go and make disciples of all nations. You guys know it. Teaching them to obey everything I've teaching them, right? Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Yes, that commission is for me as a missionary. Yes, it's for Doug as a preacher. But that commission is for all Christians, is it not? Jesus didn't just look at preachers and worship leaders and missionaries. He looks at all Christians and says, hey, go and make disciples. So in the Dominican Republic, as missionaries, we've been teaching the Dominicans, hey, have you, as you become a Christian, now it's your mission to go and make disciples. And so we try to equip them and give them the tools necessary to lead churches, to lead these ministries, and then empower them to do it and say, hey, let's go. You go and make disciples in your own country right now. And one of those young Dominican leaders is a young man by the name of Harold Diaz. And about five years ago, Harold joined our mission, and God has done some amazing things through Harold. He, he started out as a youth minister in one of our churches, and now he's become the associate pastor in one of our churches. And here recently, in the last year and a half, we've given him a new title, the Pastor of Church Development. And what that means is he helps us with all of our churches in the Dominican Republic, and he's helping us plant future churches. Now, instead of Talking about Harold, I thought it would be really neat this morning if you could just hear directly from Harold. So would you please welcome to the stage Mr. Harold Diaz. Amen. 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 Hola a todos, ¿cómo están? Muy bien, gracias. Oh, there you go. You know that much Spanish. I am, I am, this is actually my first time preaching in English, so I am not responsible for whatever comes out of my mouth right now. <laughs> Uh, if I start preaching in Spanish at some point, I'll just call, I'll just call Rick and Luan. They will, they will help me here. Um, I am really excited about here, about being here, about preaching. So thankful for, 
for the opportunity for Ryan as the executive director of our ministry and, and, and really thankful for, for Doug for allowing us to, to preach here. And let me tell you this, I, I told you I'm nervous. So if, if it goes well, my name is Harold, but if it goes wrong, my name is Doug Harley, okay? So don't, <laughs> don't blame me for anything that happens here, but I am really thankful for everything that, that, that is happening in the Dominican Republic and for everything that you are as a church helping us helping us do. Let me tell you this, I am a Dominican. I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic, and it is a big deal to me to see my own people coming to Jesus. It is my, a big deal to me to see my own communities uh, coming to Jesus, to see friends that used to be really bad people, and when I say bad people, I mean it, uh, doing a lot of bad things uh, for my own people coming to, to the Lord. That's quite a big deal for me, and I really want to thank you personally for partnering with us and, and helping us uh, do the Great Commission because that's really what we are here for. Uh, and as we're doing it there, I know you are uh, doing it here. We are, like Ryan was saying, explaining before, we are doing uh, like a church plan. You know, we, we have a medical clinic that we're helping uh, a lot of people through it. We, we, we have this water filtration system that we're working on. Uh, we train leaders, the seminary and all these things. And, and this is what we do as a ministry, right? This is what we do as a, as a mission. <clears throat> but the question that I want to answer today is mainly, why do we do this? Why do we do what we do? And, and, and the, the, the answer that we're going to be breaking down today is, why do we do what we do? And the short answer that we're going to be breaking down is, we want to build bridges to connect with people. We want to create opportunities and more opportunities to tell people Jesus loves you, to tell people, hey, there's a space for you in the church, to tell people, hey, you are loved and accepted and here, and we are going to create every opportunity we can to do this. We want to build bridges. And I, I, while as I'm breaking this down, I want to, if you have a Bible, I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can read it with us uh, on the screens. This is what it says. It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The first sentence we read right here, it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. And, and I don't know if you know what that means, but this is, a little, this is the definition that, 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 that Google gave me. I'm sorry for that. Um, that Google gave me. It says, an ambassador is one who is sent to represent one country or government to another. This is what an ambassador is. I'm going to repeat this definition again. An ambassador is one who is sent to represent one country or government to another. Let me give you a little bit of an example. For example, you have an ambassador in the, in the Dominican Republic. The United States sends an ambassador to the Dominican Republic, and the ambassador is officially elected, chosen, sorry, officially chosen officially a representative of the United States to speak with authority in the Dominican Republic. So he is a representative that speaks 
for the United States in the Dominican Republic. Let me tell you this, so it is with us as Christians. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are not from this world. We're all good on that. We are not from this world. We are passing through this world. We are from another world. We are from, 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 from a different place that we're going to dwell in eternity. But here's the thing. In the meantime, we are ambassadors. We're supposed to tell people how good God is. We're supposed to tell people how loved they are. We are supposed to go and make disciples. Another cool thing about, about uh, an ambassador is that they are not elected. You don't vote for the ambassador of the United States. I can't bo bo vote for the ambassador of the Dominican Republic. They're not elected. They are chosen. Paul says, this, this is how he says it in the Bible. He says, he who has set me apart before I was born, God chose Paul before he was born. And let me tell you this, it is no different with us. We were chosen before we were born to be Christ's ambassadors in this world. We're supposed to go and make disciples. We're supposed to go and tell people that God loves them, for real, just the way they are. Just like they are. God loves you. God loves you. And, and I know this church just went through a series called Living Hope, right? Living Hope. Our role is not to only know that Jesus is our living hope. It's to go and tell others. This is not just for me. He's for you too. There's hope for you too. And right now the world is hurting. Let me tell you this. The world is hurting a lot. But God can be with you. If you allow him to, God can help you go through difficulties. God can help you go through difficult times, through, through, through hard times. And, but in the meantime, we're supposed to go and make disciples in the middle of anything. The church, in the early church for a long time was persecuted. And they still made disciples. Because in Matthew chapter 28, when the Bible says, when Jesus said, go and make disciples, it wasn't optional necessarily. It wasn't like, it's not like you become a Christian and, and now you're going to do God a favor promoting his gospel. It's, it's not how it is. We don't want to be selfish. After we have received this word, we want to share that God is our living hope. Now, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, go and make what? Disciples. Go and make what? Disciples. Now, he didn't say how. He didn't say how. He said, what? What are you going to go make? Disciples. How? Okay. He's leaving it up to us. What did he do? How, how do we make disciples? How are we Christ's ambassadors? How, 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 how do we tell people the right way that God loves them and that there's a space for them in the kingdom of God, in the church, that we're going to let? How do we do this? And, and, and this is how. We build bridges intentionally we build bridges intentionally what does intentionally means i have some some biblical examples and, and the first one i want to talk to or talk about is uh the woman at the well john chapter four uh this woman uh i just i want to give you a little bit of perspective a little bit of context uh the one the, the jews and the samaritans didn't get along 
they didn't get along. There was a, there's a lot, a lot of history uh, of in, in, in behind them. Jews and Samaritans, they just don't get along. In fact, this is, I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of a map here. Galilee is up here. Samaria is in the middle, and Judea is down here. Technically, as a Jew, if you wanted to go from Galilee to Judea, where the temple is, where Jerusalem is, you're supposed to go straight through Samaria. But they didn't get along. So they started taking a longer route. They said, no, no, we're going to go around Samaria because we don't want to come across anybody from Samaria. We don't want to come across, we don't want to talk to anybody from Samaria. And one day in John chapter 4, Jesus says, you know what? I want to go through Samaria. His disciples were probably like, what? what? We never go through Samaria. No, I want to go through Samaria. Why? Because he wanted to build a bridge. He wanted to make connections. He wanted to create an opportunity to share the gospel. He built a bridge because he wanted to tell people. He wanted to tell this woman. And listen to this. When you read John chapter 4, this is what it says. Jesus comes to her and talks to her. And the first thing coming out of her mouth is this. Why are you talking to me? Don't you know that Jews and Samaritans don't get along? And Jesus said, I know. But he was building a bridge. He was trying to be intentional about building a bridge, about creating an opportunity for her, for the Samaritans to know Jesus. Well, how about in, in Luke chapter, 15, uh, chapter 19, we have that story where Jesus is entering into the city of, Jer of Jericho. We all know Jericho, and at this point, Jesus had been in ministry for a few years, and he was really popular. And so when he comes to the gates of Jericho, hundreds of people had gathered outside the streets to see Jesus, to meet Jesus. And as Jesus gets to Jericho, there's this one man in the, in the community that really wanted to see Jesus, but evidently he was short. <laughs> and so this man, he, he, he couldn't see Jesus for the crowd. And so what did he do? You know, he climbed up in a sycamore tree, right? You guys know this? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. You got to know the song? And a wee little man. He, come on, come on, climbed up in the sycamore tree to see. Okay, so Jesus comes into, into Jericho and all these people want to see him. But Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, one of the most despised people in the community, because their job is to go around and take your money, and also because tax collectors were corrupt. Not only would they take what you owe, but they would take a little extra for themselves. And the Bible says that Zacchaeus was a wealthy tax collector, which means he was very corrupt. But Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, and he climbed up in that tree. And as Jesus is walking down that main street in Jericho, and all these people want to see him, Jesus sees Zacchaeus. Hmm. He says, hey, Zacchaeus, you, right here, you, the sinner, the, the, the greatest sinner of everyone in this whole room, you, I'm going to your house today. Hmm. He didn't go to Jericho and say, I'm going to go to the preacher's house. I'm going to go to the elder's house. No, he chose the sinner, and he went to the sinner's house. I said, Zacchaeus, you come down. From going to your house today, why did Jesus do this? Because he was intentional about building a bridge to bring salvation to Zacchaeus in his home. Amen. And, and it's just like the feeding of the 5,000. I know you probably remember this story. Is that There's about 5,000 men that were counted. 
Now, there's no kids in this calculation. There's no women. At that time, they didn't calculate the whole family. They just calculated men. Every man counted as a family. So they decided, okay, we now have to feed about 15,000 people. Imagine 12,000. I mean, 1,000 is a lot when you only have two, three bread, three loaves, right? Loaves, is that how you say that? Yeah, loaves. Loaves and, and two fish. That's a lot of people. How do you, feel, how do you feed 10 people with that? How do you feed 100 people with that? No, there's like 12,000 people sitting here waiting to be fed. And Jesus says, feed them to the disciples. And the disciples are like, what, what, what? Is it talking to us? And it is funny because Jesus, at the end of the day, they broke it. And as they were broken it, the, 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 everything started multiplying and they fed the 5,000 men, the, the 5,000 families. But the question behind everything that's going on here is why did he do it? Why did he have to feed about 5,000 families? Well, because he wanted to build a bridge. He gave him bread first, and then he said, I am the bread of life. I am all you need. And let me tell you this. I want to make a parenthesis here. God is all we need. Jesus is all we need. Success is great, but success without Jesus is bad. It's not, it's not as good. Jesus is all we need. And this is what we preach in the Dominican Republic. Jesus, God, is all we need. It's okay to be a lot of things in life, but it's even better when you have Jesus. And this is what Jesus is telling them. I am all you need. I am the bread of life. Jesus fed them first to build a bridge to tell them that. Paul said to the Jews, I became a Jew. To the weak, I became weak. And then he said, this is what he said at the end of, the, of that Bible verse. He says, I have become all things to all people that by all means people are saved. He became a bridge himself. He said, if I am here, people will know that Jesus exists. If I am here, people will know that God is good. If I am here, people will know that they are loved. That even though the world rejects them sometimes, God is still here waiting for them to love him. Paul became a bridge. God made a bridge. God made a bridge. At some point, we were under the law, and we were imperfect. We couldn't be perfect. And God is a God of perfection. And God wanted us to come to him, but this, this is what happened. God said, I know you can't come to me. I'll send you a bridge, Jesus Christ. And that's why in John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father if it's not through this bridge right here called Jesus. And let me tell you something. This is what the Bible tells us to do. We are called to build bridges. And if there's some of you, some, if there's somebody here at wondering, like, okay, they're talking about building bridges, what is that? Okay, well, what is building a bridge? How do I build a bridge? Am I an engineer? That, like, what I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is, we are supposed to create opportunities to tell people how God, how good God is. 
building a bridge is creating opportunity. This is what we do as a mission in the Dominican Republic. We don't, that's not what we do. We don't go around communities and, 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 and build water filtration systems. That's amazing, but that's not what we do. We don't go around planting schools, like making, building schools for kids. No, we just go to communities and we just build bridges. Whatever we need to connect with this community is what we're going to do. If tomorrow we need to go to the moon, hopefully not. But we will if we, st if we, if we can use that as a bridge to reach people. And this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to make the most out of every opportunity. We're supposed to, to do what Jesus did when he went to Samaria. He built a bridge. And you have friends, you have co-workers, you have a lot of things around you. Be a bridge to those people and tell them about God. Find opportunities and tell them about God. Because at the end of the day, it's all about being intentional about building bridges so more, peop more people can come to God. And that's exactly what we try to do at Eastern Dominican Christian Mission. As Harold is saying, we're, we're not a humanitarian mission. We're, we're a church-planting Christian leadership mission. However, we live in a third world and work in a third world country. So if we need to plant a school or a water filtration processing plant or whatever, we're going to do it if it helps us bridge people, helps us become ambassadors for Christ. And that's Amen. exactly what we did several years ago. We planted a church in, in Punta Cana. Some of you may have been on vacation in Punta Cana, so we didn't do it in the hotel area. Come back a few miles, and that's where we planted a church. <laughs> but after two and a half years, the church really wasn't, it wasn't, we weren't really reaching a lot of people. We thought, man, this is, this is really slow. I'm not sure why we're not reaching people. And the preacher and I, his name is Franklin, and one day we were, we were reading the newspaper, and a statistic came out that said in our neighborhood where our church would called Plywood Village, in that area, there were 5,000 school-aged children, 5,000 children, elementary to middle school. And of those 5,000, 3,000 of them were not attending any school. Mm. And the 2,000 that were in school, they were in the public schools, and the public schools were full. They were having 65 children per one teacher in every classroom. And so as the preacher and I, Franklin, as we discussed how we're going to be a bridge and be ambassadors, we thought, man, we're sitting here trying to preach about Jesus and tell them about Jesus, and the parents in that community are saying, hey, we love Jesus. We, we understand. We, we want to hear about Jesus. We just want somewhere for our kids to go to school. And so the, Franklin, the preacher, he looked at me and said, Ryan, I think we're supposed to, to plan a school. And I said, oh, no, I don't do schools. We do churches. He said, I don't think we have a choice. So we started a school, and we wanted to start small. And on that very first day, we opened the doors for registration, and 108 children signed up and registered for the first year. And now over the last five or six years, we always averaged between 400 and 500 children in our school who not only are getting a really good education, but they're hearing the gospel of Jesus every single day. We're being intentional about building a bridge to Jesus. Amen. It's like when COVID hit. When COVID hit, the world shut down. We couldn't do church. I mean, it was kind of the same here, but in the Dominican, uh, uh, it was a lot, probably a little bit harder because we had curfews. And so after a certain time, we couldn't leave our houses. So we, we were trapped in our homes sometimes and after noon sometimes. And then it got better and, and they lose it uh, a little bit more. Uh, but we started having church 
online. Uh, we got the cameras, we got the equipment for every church, and people started uh, getting online to watch church service. It was, it was really cool. It was really cool. Like, we, we started reaching more people online than we were in person. That was, like, insane. That was incredible. We were like, why didn't we do this before? It, it was incredible. But something that happens always is that in the Dominican, something very famous, popular, is uh, 24-hour Internet packets. So sometimes you don't have internet on your phone all the time. You, you can put internet on your phone for 24 hours for a day. And, and, and sometimes they probably wouldn't have the money for it or they didn't have, for whatever reason, internet on their phones or maybe their neighbor changed the, wi- the Wi-Fi password and now they can't steal it to watch the church service. And, <laughs> and so it's like now they can't watch it, but then comes Monday, they, they watch the service. And the pastors go to the communities connecting with people, and, and, and it's really nice because they can talk about the same church service that they couldn't watch together maybe on Sunday, but they can still do it on Monday. And, and this is something that God showed us uh, in the middle of a pandemic because even though we were online, people were still being baptized. People were still coming to Jesus. And, and we opened our eyes, and God taught us something. It's not about what we can do. It's what I can do through you. And let me tell you this. It's not about us. It's about God. It's not about who we are. It's about who he is. It's not about the worship team here, even though it was amazing. Shout out to them. But it's not about them. It's about what God can do through them. It's not about the preacher. It's about what God can do through the preacher. It's not about us. It's about what God can do through us. And, and, and as we are preaching, we, we have a temptation to sometimes try to do the job ourselves. And, and you know, like, and this is something that I learned uh, in the golf tournament on, on Friday. It, it was something really funny because I have no, I, every time I looked at golf, I was like, well, that's kind of like baseball, but a little different. You know, I was like, okay, I'll just grab the bat, you know. Um, and and I, would, I would get on the field and I was trying to hit a ball. By the end of the golf tournament, I wasn't participating on anything. Uh, but I was, I was going to hit the ball, and I was trying to lift up the ball. I was trying to lift it up. Okay, let me lift it up so I can get it farther. And I was trying to hit the ball and lift it up. And, and someone said to me, you, you, you're not supposed to lift it up. You're just supposed to hit the ball right. The club will do the job for you. And, and immediately it clicked. I was like, that's exactly how Christianity works. That's exactly how preaching works. We're not supposed to lift up the ball. We're supposed to just hit the ball and the club will do the job. We're not supposed to make our families Christians. We're supposed to just preach the word. We're not supposed to convert people to Christianity and, and preach about hell every day, every Sunday, so people, more people come to Jesus and they get scared. It's not about that. It's about just preaching the love of God. It's about preaching the Bible and letting the Holy Spirit do the rest. It's not our responsibility because when we try to do it, we we will mess it up. But when we let God do it, when we try not to lift up the ball, when we just try to hit the ball right, when we try to connect with the community right, when we try to connect with the people around us the right way, I think God can do a lot of things. It's like with the COVID relief. 
A lot of people came to Jesus because they didn't have a job anymore and they had to work and they couldn't. And we had a relief program where we were taking food to their houses and, and, and people that couldn't come to church on Sundays were at home now because they're not, they're not working. And the pastors could connect with them now and build a bridge because that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. It's about building bridges and being intentional about them. And that's what Paul is saying. As Christians, we're called to be ambassadors for Christ. We're called to go and preach, go and share what Jesus has taught us and allow God to do what only God can do. Amen. We don't have to be the golf club and we don't have to lift the ball up. All we have to do is swing. God calls us to pick up the club and swing. And then as the club does the work, let God do what God can do. And that's one of the reasons we have a school. It's one of the reasons we have water filtrations. One of the reasons we're trying to expand the size of our medical clinic in a very impoverished area because there's so much need. We're the only doctors for miles and miles that the people come in contact with. And we're trying to raise money to, to, to expand on that. But the whole point of helping meet their physical needs, to give them water, is to build a bridge to Jesus Christ. Amen. That's our whole goal is to build Amen. a bridge to Jesus Christ, to be ambassadors for Jesus. During this last year and a half of COVID, as Harold just said, we, we had to pivot some of our ministries. Um, instead of moving forward with construction of a medical clinic or, or whatever, tens of thousands of people were, were fired. They were, they, were, they were laid off of their jobs, especially tourism. And they were sent home with no stimulus checks, okay? No stimulus checks coming and coming and coming. They were sent home with no jobs. They were sent home with no money. And many of the men would go home and they had a wife and two and three and four and five and six children. And all those kids wanting to know, hey, how are we going to eat? And so we had to pivot our ministry and put a few things on hold and say, hey, we need, we need to feed people. Mm-hmm. And so every month, every month, our pastors, our, our leaders in all the different cities will go to the grocery store and buy thousands of dollars worth of food and package them up. And then they would actually go and deliver these to the homes of the people within our ministry and extended ministry that really needed help. And we're talking basic eggs and rice and beans and milk. And this one time, Pastor Victor, one of our, our leaders, he told me this story. He said, I had all the food in the back of my car and I drove out to this, this, this pretty poor area, this family that, that really doesn't have much. And as he pulled up to the house, it's just a, a house with pieces of tin as a wall and pieces of tin as a roof, you know, very, very, very poor, honestly. And he pulled up to the house, and this is in the middle of COVID when you're not allowed. The government shut down churches, and we weren't allowed to have in-person live churches, church services. And, and Victor said, I pulled up to the house, and the mother and her teenage daughter came outside, and they put their arms around me with no mask or anything. Oh, Pastor Victor, you know, and, and hugged. And Pastor Victor was like, I think there's a pandemic. And, but they were so happy to see the pastor. And Victor says, Victor says, ma'am, I come bringing you a gift from God. She said, oh, okay. And he opened the back of his car and she saw all the eggs and the milk. And she began to cry. She began to cry. And as she cried, Victor said, no, 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 this is for you. The food is for you. She said, yes, but my daughter and I were just inside on our knees asking God to please provide the next meal because we have no idea where we're going to get the food for our next meal. Mm. 
And at that very moment, the teenage daughter looks at her mom and says, See, Mom, I told you God is faithful. Isn't he faithful? Isn't God faithful? Yes, he is faithful. Even in the middle of a pandemic, he is still with us. Even in the middle of, of tough, tough times, God is always there. And as Christians, we're supposed to be telling people about that. We're supposed to go and be ambassadors for Christ and tell people that God is with us always. Even during a pandemic, even in your lowest times, God is still there with you. So brothers and sisters, we want to say thank you to Plum Creek. Thank you so much for partnering with us and helping make all this possible. But we also want to turn around and challenge you. Hey, go do this right here and right now. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus and in the words of Jesus, to go and to make disciples of all nations, mm. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and go and teach them everything you know about Jesus. And as you do that, I promise God will do what only God can do, and he will begin to transform lives. Would you pray with us this morning? God, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you that you are here. We know you're here, God, and we thank you for that. We thank you for being faithful, and Father, we ask that you help us be your ambassadors, that you help us make disciples. As we talk, as we share what we know, Father, and what we believe, would you just move in the hearts of the people we talk with? Padre Celestial, te damos gracias, Padre, por esta mañana. Gracias por tu presencia aquí en Plum Creek Christian Church. Hey, Padre, gracias por estar aquí, porque sabemos que tú estás aquí. Ayúdanos con esa comisión, esa gran comisión, Padre. En el nombre de Jesucristo oramos. Amén y amén.